0: So to take you back in to time, into January or February, to the greatest one-day spectacle in all of sports. This is the every other Tuesday podcast that looks back at each and every one of the 50-plus Super Bowls and tells the story of who won and why. For the fan who needs more than just a box score, this podcast goes drive-by-drive, play-by-play through the most dramatic games in history. I'm your host, Tommy A. Phillips. You can visit my website at TommyA.Phillips.com where you can find all of my books. Those include Great 80s, Nifty 90s, and my most recent release, Penn State Bowl Games. So you can find all those at TommyA.Phillips.com. Today we have Super Bowl XVI, which was held on January 24, 1982, in the Pontiac Silverdome, home of the Detroit Lions. The game was between two first-time Super Bowl teams, the AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals and the NFC champion San Francisco 49ers. If you're looking for the full story, of this 1981 season pick up my great 80s book and you'll learn more than you ever wanted to know about that year and the rest of the 80s as always we have a pop quiz and then homework at the end of the episode the pop quiz question for today goes like this in super bowl 16 we had two first time super bowl teams collide with each other meaning one of them had the win in their first appearance. In the first 15 Super Bowls, how many games were won by first-time Super Bowl teams? You can count the Super Bowl I champion Green Bay Packers in your tally. The answer will come at the end of the podcast. In 1980, the Cincinnati Bengals finished 6-10 6-10 and, and in last place in the AFC Central. But head coach Forrest Gregg had a plan in place, and in just his second year, he got his team to a 12-4 record and a first-place finish in the AFC Central. The Bengals were at 5-3 and three at midseason, but went on a tear in the second half of this season. They won five straight games before a loss to San Francisco, before beating Pittsburgh for a season sweep, as well as beating Atlanta to finish as the number one seed in the AFC. Quarterback Ken Anderson threw for 3,754 yards and 29 touchdowns, completing 62.6% of his passes with only 10 interceptions. He was an easy pick for NFL MVP. Amongst his receivers were tight end Dan Ross, who had 71 catches for 910 yards and five touchdowns, and receiver Chris Collinsworth, who was a rookie, and he caught 67 passes for 1,009 yards and eight touchdowns. The third leading receiver was running back Pete Johnson, who caught 46 passes for 320 yards and four touchdowns. Johnson also led the team in rushing with 1,077 yards on 274 carries, scoring 12 times on the ground. On defense, the Bengals were led by defensive backs Ken Riley, Lewis Breeden, and Reggie Williams, each of whom had four interceptions, and Riley had five of them. Um, in the divisional round, the Bengals got by the Bills 28 to 21. Then, at the AFC Championship game, the Bengals and Chargers faced each other in the coldest game by wind chill in NFL history, with the wind chill hovering around minus 57 degrees Fahrenheit. The Bengals froze out the Chargers 27-7 to advance to their first Super Bowl. Over in the NFC, it was a two-team race between the Dallas Cowboys and San Francisco 49ers for conference supremacy. After a 1-2 and start, the 49ers got on a roll, winning seven games in a row, including a 45-14 pasting of the Cowboys. After a close loss to the Browns, the 49ers won their final four games, including a 21-3 beating of the Bengals. The 49ers got by the New York Giants in the divisional round 38-24 before one of the greatest games in NFL history. In a back-and-forth battle in San Francisco, quarterback Joe Montana led his team on a late drive and through one of the most improbable touchdown passes ever receiver Dwight Clark came down with the catch to give the 49ers the lead in the final minutes of the game the 49ers then stopped the cowboys by coming up with a fumble recovery and they won 28 to 27 to advance to the first super bowl this 49ers team was all about Montana and Clark Montana threw for 3,565 yards and 19 touchdowns with 12 interceptions. He completed 63.7% of his passes for a passer rating of 88.4. Clark was his leading receiver with 85 catches for 1,105 yards. When it came to catching touchdowns, though, It was receiver Freddie Solomon leading the way with eight scores and tight end Charlie Young with five, Clark at four. The 49ers were a pass-heavy team. Their leading rusher Ricky Patton rushed for just 543 yards. Earl Cooper had 330, and no other player reached the 300-yard mark. This year's Super Bowl was in Detroit, or more accurately, the Pontiac Silverdome. Rather strange place to hold the Super Bowl unless you realize that the Lions play in a dome. So the temperature was freezing outside, and Vice President George H.W. Bush was on his way to the stadium. As it happened, his motorcade slowed down the 49ers team buses, and the players started to worry if they'd get there in time for the Super Bowl. Head coach Bill Walsh started cracking jokes about the equipment manager's throwing touchdown passes. That the 49ers were already in the lead, and you know he was so good at knowing the temperature of his team. He's viewed by many days, uh, many people these days, as like a mad scientist who was all about numbers. But that wasn't him at all. He was an empathetic, authentic person who connected to each and every one of his players. That's what made him a Hall of Fame coach. This game didn't start out all that great for the 49ers. After Bengals kicker Jim Breach kicked the first kickoff out of bounds, his second kick was mishandled by rookie running back Amos Lawrence. The Bengals' Don Bass knocked the ball out of his hands, and defensive back John Simmons recovered for Cincinnati. Anderson threw to receiver Isaac Curtis for about seven yards, and Johnson ran for a first down from there. Anderson then threw on the run, getting the ball to Ross for a first down at the five. That's when the San Francisco defense stepped up. First, defensive end Jim Stuckey sacked Anderson for a loss of six. Then, defensive back Dwight Hicks stepped in front of an Anderson pass and picked it off, returning it to the 32. Montana started his first drive with a screen pass to running back Ricky Patton for eight yards. Then found Clark for a first down at the 44. Montana hit Solomon for 8 yards before the 49ers went with a reverse flea flicker. After three flips of the ball, Montana had it back, and he gunned it downfield to Young for a first down at the 33. Cooper ran for a first down at the 23, and running back Bill Ring went for another 8 yards. Montana then hit a wide-open Solomon for a first down at the 1. Set up there. Montana dived over the top on a quarterback. Sneaked the score the game's opening touchdown. And make it 7-0. Anderson started the next drive with a screen to Johnson for 4 yards. He went back to Johnson on the next play. And then he scrambled himself for a first down to the thirty. Two plays later, he scrambled again, got to the 39, and then Johnson picked up the first down on the next play. So now Anderson went deep for Collinsworth, but 49ers defensive back Eric Wright got in the way, knocked it away at the last second. So the Bengals ended up having a punt. Punter Pat McAnally got away the ugliest 53-yard punt you'll ever see. The 49ers had the punt after that. The Bengals got the ball back in great field position at midfield, starting in the second quarter. Johnson ran for four. Then Anderson hit Collinsworth for a first down inside the 30. An illegal contact foul gave Cincinnati another first down. Anderson went back to Collinsworth, finding him at the five for what looked like a first down. But Wright knocked the ball out of Collinsworth's hands, and defensive back Lynn Thomas recovered for San Francisco. Had this play happened in today's NFL, it probably would have been ruled an incomplete pass. But as it was, the 49ers had the ball back deep in their own territory at their own 8. It was time for Montana to work. He rolled to his right and found an open Solomon for a first down at the 32. He then scrambled for seven more before Cooper took a toss, broke a tackle, found his way into Cincinnati Territory at the 47. On the next third down, Montana found Clark for a first down at the 32. Patton ran for about 9 yards up the middle before picking up the first down on the next play. The 49ers then tried to reverse the Clark, but he got stopped for no gain. However, Bengals linebacker Jim LeClair got called for piling on, and that penalty gave San Francisco a first down. Montana immediately took advantage, throwing to Cooper on the left side of the field for an 11-yard touchdown, and San Francisco led 14-0. It was a 92-yard drive, the longest in Super Bowl history. After a mishandled squib kick, the Bengals ended up getting the ball back way back at their own two after an illegal block in the back. Anderson completed a pass for first down to Ross, but after that, the Bengals had the punt. San Francisco took over at their own 34. Montana fired to Clark for a first down at the Cincinnati 49. Patton then ran for the next first down. So now Montana goes back to Clark. That's the third first down of this drive. Now, the clock's running down, so there's about a minute to go, and Cooper runs it to the 16 and Walsh calls timeout from the sideline, 54 seconds left. After a quarterback sneak by Montana to get a first down, uh, Montana threw to Solomon and got down to the five. Now, the 49ers were unable to get into the end zone, but they did get a 22-yard field goal by kicker Ray Wersing. And with 15 seconds left in the half, the 49ers figured to go into the locker room with a 17-0 lead. But Wersing then tried another squib kick. This came from having knowledge of how bouncy the ball could be on the Pontiac Silverdome turf. 49ers played at Detroit early in the season, and that's why Wersing thought that bouncing the ball could be beneficial. This time, he kicked it on the ground, and running back Archie Griffin of the Bengals mishandled it. 49ers defensive back Rick Jervis knocked the ball out from Griffin, and linebacker Milt McCall recovered it for the 49ers at the 4. With 5 seconds left, Walsh sent Worsing back out. The Niners got called for a false start, but then after that, Worsing made a 26-yard field goal, and it was 20 to nothing at halftime. The Bengals got the ball to start out the second half, and they finally put something together on offense. Running back Charles Alexander took a pitch for a first down at the 29. On the Third down, Anderson found receiver Steve Kreider for 18 yards at a new set of downs. Johnson ran for six. then the Bengals pulled a flea flicker, which Anderson completed to Curtis for a first down, and a late hit on the Niners gave the Bengals more yardage. Facing third down after that, Anderson scrambled for a touchdown up the middle, and the Bengals pulled within 13. They're down 20-7. to 7. Three punts followed that, two of them by San Francisco. After the second of those Niners punts, the Bengals started out at midfield. Cincinnati committed a personal foul, and Anderson got sacked by Niners defensive end Fred Dean, and the Bengals faced third and long. But now, Anderson launched a long pass downfield for Collinsworth, almost like a Hail Mary of sorts. Collinsworth made the Cats over his shoulder, and the Bengals got a first down inside the San Francisco 20. Anderson was sacked by linebacker Jack Reynolds, but he came back with a pass to Ross to get down to the 5. The Bengals got a first down at the 3, setting up one of the most famous series in Super Bowl history, the goal line stand. On first and second downs, Johnson tried runs up the middle, and he was held back at the one. Reynolds made a great tackle on second down to knock him back. On third down, Anderson uh, actually threw to his right side to Alexander, but linebacker Dan Buns kept Alexander out of the end zone by inches. Finally, on fourth down, Johnson was stuffed and Reynolds was right on top of the pile, making another play to keep him out. The 49ers took over on downs as the third quarter ended shortly afterwards. What goes forgotten about this goal line stand is that it was the right decision by Forrest Gregg. The Bengals forced a quick three and out and got the ball back at their own 46. They then went right downfield and scored. Johnson ran the ball over midfield and then Anderson hit Collinsworth for a first down at the 38. Anderson then hit Ross over the middle for nine. San Francisco got called for pass interference, and then Ross followed that with a catch about the 5-yard line. Two plays later, Anderson hit Ross for a 4-yard touchdown, and the Bengals pulled within 6. It's 20-14. to But the thing about this was it never felt like the 49ers were ever in any danger. Even when they face 2nd and 15 on the next drive, Montana uh, rolls out, finds receiver Mike Wilson downfield, complete for 25 yards. Then the 49ers get another first down on a pass interference flag on Bengals defensive back Ken Riley. Patton ran for a first down at the Cincinnati 41, and a few plays later, it was Montana who snuck for a first down. The clock ticked away as the Niners kept running it. They didn't get a touchdown, but all they needed was a field goal. So Worsing converted a 40-yard field goal with 5.25 left on the clock, and the Niners now had a two-score lead, 23-14. to on the Bengals' first play of the new drive, Anderson was picked off by Wright. Wright returned the interception all the way to the Cincinnati 21 before trying an ill-advised lateral that the Niners were fortunate to recover. 49ers did pretty much nothing but run the ball and two clocks. They got one first down along the way, and the clock made it down to the two-minute warning. Worsing then made a 23-yard field goal to make it 26-14. It was his fourth field goal of the day, tying Green Bay's Don Chandler for the most in a Super Bowl, a record that still stands today. While Montana was being announced as the game's most valuable player, the Bengals tried a desperation drive. This drive was unique in that the Niners' defense managed to keep the Bengals inbounds after every single completion. First, Anderson threw to Curtis for 22 yards. Anderson then found Ross for a first down at the Niners' 38. Ross caught one for nine more yards, and Collinsworth hauled one in. Anderson found Kreider down at the three-yard line. But at that point, there was less than half a minute left on the clock Anderson hit Ross over the middle for a three-yard touchdown with 16 seconds left. The Bengals had to try an onside kick then. But Clark, as he did all season long, made another great catch. This time on the kickoff, the onside kick. And the Niners held on to win it 26-21 to for the first time ever. Of San Francisco 49ers were Super Bowl champions. The Nielsen television rating for this Super Bowl was 49.1, the highest ever in Super Bowl history. What that number means is that 49.1% of all television sets in the United States were tuned in to Super Bowl XVI. What's more is that this Super Bowl had a 73 share. That meant for every television that was on, 73 of them, 73% of them were watching the Super Bowl and only 27% were watching something else. The Niners won their first Super Bowl in their first try, something only three other teams had ever done. Yes, that's the answer to today's pop quiz. Three teams before the Niners won their first Super Bowl. Green Bay Packers, obviously, in Super Bowl One; The New York Jets in Super Bowl Three; And the Pittsburgh Steelers in Super Bowl Nine. Montana won Super Bowl MVP for his 157 yards passing and two touchdowns, one throwing, and one rushing. If I were to pick a second-best player on the Niners, I'd go with Jack Reynolds. He had one sack, but more importantly, he had two tackles on that goal-line stand. You may wonder, why does that goal-line stand matter if the Bengals scored anyway after it? Well, here's the reason why because it enabled the 49ers to eat more clock. If the Bengals score on that goal line situation, then they would have had a lot more time to try to complete that comeback. That's why Hacksaw Reynolds deserved consideration for MVP. Of course, Joe Montana deserved it, though. Um, Dan Ross, tight end for the Bengals. My pick for the best player on the losing team. He caught a Super Bowl record 11 passes, Super Bowl record at the time that was, 11 passes for 104 yards and two touchdowns. And actually, his 11 catches remain the record for a tight end at the Super Bowl. And his performance won the best in a losing effort in the history of the Super Bowl. Least valuable player, who was it? I'd have to go with Pete Johnson of the Bengals. He averaged only 2.57 yards per carry, resting 14 times for just 36 yards. That's not going to get it done on the ground. The Bengals just couldn't run. And Johnson, he couldn't score on three attempts Now down there near the goal line. The lack of a running game doomed the Bengals in this game. Player who no one remembers who was the best in this game. How about Ricky Patton of the 49ers running back? He rushed for 55 yards in this game and he was the leading rusher of all players in this Super Bowl. Patton also caught a pass for six yards. He was a nice change of pace in the pass oriented Niners offense. The biggest play of this game was the goal line stance. I know, I know, the Bengals eventually scored anyway, but making that stand not only chewed time off the clock, it also gave 49ers a lot of energy. And sometimes the biggest plays are the intangible ones. The best play no one remembers, though, that's Montana's 25-yard completion to Wilson on 2nd and 15 with his team up only six in the fourth quarter. That pass put the uh Niners well it didn't put them in there, but it helped put the Niners get them in the field goal range to put away this game. Can you imagine if it had gone the third and fifteen? The Bengals would have been in great position to make the comeback from down twenty to fourteen. This play was very important to the Niners, solding this one away. Finally, for some homework, here's an easy one. Gary Myers wrote a book called The Cats. One play, two dynasties, and the game that changed the NFL. It tells the story of how the 49ers and Cowboys went in opposite directions after Dwight Clark made the famous Cats to win the NFC Championship game. The 49ers, of course, went on to all those Super Bowls Cowboys went, eventually ended up in rebuilding mode, and that was the beginning of the end for Tom Landry. This book is entertaining from start to finish. I highly recommend it. For now, we'll put the 49ers dynasty aside and move over to a different NFC team who was building a dynasty of their own. I'm talking about the Washington Redskins. We will see the Redskins in both of our next two episodes, starting in two weeks with their battle against the Miami Dolphins in Super Bowl 17. My website again, TommyAPhillips.com, there you can find all my books, including my new release, Penn State Bowl Games, a complete history. Until then, so